Hey, hey, everybody. Oh, Jesus, I did the fucking video <laughs> intro. The video, I'm so used to the hey, hey's. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> it's like like uh, Krusty the Clown a little bit that way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. Like, I do it all with everything. Like, I always say, like, thank you, thank you, or, oh, take care, take care. Like, I, I just always do double uh, saying. So I just started, I did it on one of the videos when I stopped doing the 15 minutes of game and I just have done it ever since. Yeah. It's something that like stuck. Glenn and I saying. would look out why, for yeah. like in movies. What's anytime, that? anytime a character would say a line twice in movies, like Glenn and I would just fucking lose it. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause it's, it's I, I'm so bad about that. Oh. But yeah, like there, there was like, I think one of the like last for ending scenes in like super eight, like the dad hugs his son. And he's like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> like Glenn and I, Glenn and I are just like dying. <laughs> that is pretty good. That is pretty good. Oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name is Kevin Portelli, and I'm here tonight with Randall Noldery. Hey, folks. And John Hines. Hi there. And we are back, as always, to talk about some video games, which is what we do mm-hmm. per usual. And uh, I guess I'm I'm just going to take the lead tonight or uh, this week. You do Because uh, earlier today, I was uh, streaming some games, actually. I tried streaming, actually, last night, and my internet cut out on me. Um, we're actually having a little bit of internet issues tonight. <laughs> we're going video-free while we record the That's podcast. Right. No so, faces. Um, yeah, we're, we're just going to have to semi-wing it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're, we're comfortable enough at this point. This is, you know, we're almost a hundred episodes in. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I ended up, uh, streaming a while back, uh, just cam H and, uh, the, uh, his name is actually Cameron, but that's what he goes by as a developer, um, put together this care package bundle of seven games for $7 that came out. Like, I don't know if it, if this was intended, but it came out almost exactly a year after the pandemic started, like right in March. And it was kind of like, here's a nice package of like seven wholesome games. Nice. I think there was actually like one or two more games that were supposed to be in the bundle that kind of the developers had some things come up and kind of dropped off so they lowered the price again it ended up being just like a buck a game and you can pick up all these games separately for most of them run for like two or three bucks but like the ones that really caught my eye there's one game called remnants flag that i really really want to play i gotta rig up it's only got uh keyboard controls okay but i'm gonna have to rig up a controller setup because it has like it's a precision platformer and you're kind of like you use the arrow keys essentially to move your character around and you use up to jump and then you use the Waz keys. So kind of like uh, what goes up like we talked about where you're kind of using those two uh, control schemes to like uh, move your character in different ways. Right. Your character is actually holding this flag. So like you can do a regular jump by hitting up with the arrow keys. But if you hit down with the flag keys, you're going to like kind of pull vault with the flag like off of the ground to do like an extra high jump. And then, you know, for example, later in the game, from some of the clips I've seen you like, you know, you're bouncing off the walls and like, you know, pressing to the left or with, you know, with Waz to like launch yourself off of a wall further than you would, you know, just wall jump off of it. So it just it, that game nice. has like a really stylish look to it. Really, you know, I love my precision platformers. So like that game caught my eye. There's another game called Magnum Opus X. That's like a 
kind of run and gun platformer. I don't know if they're going for like a Mega Man X kind of look, but it's Ooh. definitely like a run and gun platformer where you just have this like huge magnum <laughs> that you can either smack enemies with or <laughs> blow them away with. Um, and it, the whole p- concept of the game is like blow away negativity with your giant magnum. <laughs> I thought this so, was wholesome. <laughs> yeah, that one, it, the, the whole pitch of that one was like, can a wholesome game have a magnum <laughs> revolver? It's like, yes, it can. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- there's just some really cool stuff. And even the game from just uh, Cam H or from Cameron, his game is like called uh, a bit adventure, I think, or something to that effect. But like, it's kind of like this AI character that you kind of talk to and it kind of procedurally generates worlds that you explore around. Hmm. Um, and it's like, as it kind of like convert, like, I don't know, it seemed like a, a very like laid back, but like really charming and quirky adventure. But, uh, some of these games again had all like keyboard or keyboard and mouse controls, which I know I've mentioned many times on the podcast are something I kind of struggle with. Um, not that I can't work around that with anti micro, but I just haven't had the time to get around to that yet. But I did talk about a couple of games from Cultisti a couple weeks ago, uh, Rusty Wind Blows and Robo Razi. Yeah. And I have been playing Cultisti games all week. I've actually got four of their games I'm going to talk about today. Nice. But their newest game, uh, and well, I'll split it up a little bit. I won't uh, gush for too long here, at least not too uh, consistently. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I really uh, was looking forward to checking out their game, uh, Lonely People Potion Shop, which was included in this uh, care package bundle. Just pretty much based on the style. I know I've mentioned on the podcast, too, that I'm not the biggest, like, story game player. or That's not the biggest draw for me in a video game. Yeah. Um, but in this case, I was just kind of like, you know, I really love the art style and I've loved every Cultisti game so far that I've played of the, you know, five or six that I've checked out. And this seems maybe a little out of the ordinary for me. But at the same time, it's like it's kind of like this first person perspective and you just play, it's called uh, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but it's called lonely people potion shop. Um, did I say that already? I don't think so. I don't think so. No, I don't think I did either. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) I was, I was a half expected to have to restart there, but yeah, lonely people potion shop is the name of the game. And it's like, you kind of play as this lonely witch that runs this potion shop and you do have a friend, of some kind, or at least I'm assuming they're your friend. I only played through the first day, which took like, you know, 45 minutes, an hour or so. Um, it says there's even right on the games page, it says about two hours of gameplay. And then there's like a free play mode, but basically you almost, pl- you act as like a bartender and people come to your potion shop and you're like, you know, you're, you're in the middle of a forest and you're like really surprised whenever a customer comes in. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you have your friend, Alaria that lives with you and they go out and gather some ingredients for you from time to time. Um, and it, it's just like really, really unbelievably charming. It has yeah. this really great pixel art style. And then like, again, like the customers will always like get a potion when they come in. So like the last person I talked to was Orb the Wizard. And like it took them a long time to even like get their name out. And they're just like, you know, I, I'm a wizard, but like. I don't like going to all these like wizard competitions. You know, I just like to like be a wizard and like do magic when I when I need to or when I want to. But like, I don't need to like show off and like be the best wizard. I just want to be a wizard. Not everything needs to be a competition. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the witch goes your character goes into this story. And at least for me, it was very like almost there were five or six times during. And I actually played a stream with uh, Cultisti actually hanging out in the stream. So I'll put a little link to that. 
uh, so you can maybe see some of the chat. They actually fixed a little bug while I was playing with the audio. Um, they're like, hey, there's, there'll be a patch right after you're done where like the audio, like just when it would loop over, it would kind of like get real quiet again and like reset almost and like, oh, fix that while you were playing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I just found it so like delightful, so charming. And like each character you talk to will have like, you know, a, a conversation tree or whatever, where you clearly have like these three like green options or sometimes more than that, where it's like you can just keep conversing with this person if you want to. And then if the purple option is kind of like the wrap up, you know, like in any RPG, like I'm done talking to you, you know, goodbye then, you know, kind of right. conversation, wrap up the conversation. But, yeah, you end up making a potion and you get these ingredients right now. I have three different kind of like liquid ingredients and then four different spices and whatnot that I can throw in. And usually, at least for now, in the first day, I can mix up like two ingredients and then one spice and kind of stir them up. And then it has, I don't know if it's procedurally generated as far as the art goes, or if they're all like handcrafted based on the combinations. Uh, But there's like a little like, you know, zoom up potion, you know, with a little, again, you almost are like a little bartender, but it's in this real cool, like pixel art style. Like I I don't, if you see it, it, it's just very striking. Um, And it just kept, kept me pulled through and like again because i'm not such a big story guy i I still felt like the way the conversations moved were just like and and a lot of times like again i would say like oh man this person seems really nice and then like this next second like the witch would just be like oh what a nice person and even sometimes like their the witch's dialogue will be like in parentheses so it's kind of like in your head um and you'll get lost in like the dream world for a minute um, so it's just really, really charming. And again, I, I just love finding these little small indie developers and and kind of encouraging me to venture out of my comfort zone a little bit, because, again, because I've loved all their other games so much. I was like, you know, it, even though it's a visual novel, I'll give it a spin. That's sweet. Yeah. And uh, I actually ended up jumping from there. And this was not a game included in the uh, care package bundle. But I kept playing some more cultisti games because I was like, you know, day one seems like a good place to wrap it up. But I played some uh, and I played some of this the other day, too. Um, and it's called Don't Eat My Mind, You Stupid Monsters, <laughs> which is, number one, an amazing name for a game. Um, but it's a uh, top down, like very light, you know, arcade roguelike situation where like essentially you're playing the game takes place inside of your mind and then you're running around and there's like a breakdown meter that ticks down as time goes by and then every as that uh reaches zero um three tiles will disappear and i would say it's probably i don't know exactly but it's probably like an eight by six or eight by eight grid it's definitely a rectangle so it's not an even square um but every tile like you as the tiles disappear, like once they all disappear, you're dead. Okay. And you can basically, you have like a, a melee, like sword slash attack, and then you have a dash and you kind of are using actually mouse and keyboard controls. Again, I did kind of rig this one up to work in a, in a way that <laughs> it was more comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did on the stream, I was playing with a half controller, half mouse, but you use the, the left click to swing your sword and the right click to dash. And you have like kind of a limited radius and you'll clear three or four waves And then after you clear four waves of enemies, then you get to pick from like one of three buffs where you can either slow down that breakdown timer um, where the tiles, you know, will fall away a little bit more slowly. um, Or you can like increase the range of your jump or your dash um, or increase the length of your sword. Like you get quite a few different uh, buffs. There's probably four or five different buff options, and then those can be upgraded usually three or four times each. 
Um, and you're pretty much just going for a high score. Every enemy you kill is worth a few points. And there's, from all I've seen, at least, there's uh, just two different types of enemies. There's kind of like these trees that spawn. And then there's like these blobs that those will start eating away the level tiles as well. Like okay. after they eat away a tile, they'll move to the next adjacent one. And if they end up on kind of like a lone island, they'll eat that tile and then just disappear. But also, so the the thing as that breakdown timer goes down, that's going to make your tiles disappear. But if you are at any point, you can da- if you 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 won't walk off of a tile on your own. You'll kind of stick to the edges of the islands or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you dash and miss a tile or whatever, and you're kind of in the void area, then you'll kind of like the breakdowns will just keep coming until you get back on solid ground. Okay, so. It gets like really hectic, really frantic. I was trying my best to go for a 200 high score. I think I got to like 193 or something like that. Okay. Which uh, Coltisti said was pretty good. They didn't, you know, they didn't give me high praise or anything, but they said (laughs) it was pretty good. Um, So I I was happy enough to leave it there. But again, I just got so sucked in. It's got this really great art style, kind of similar to to Rusty Wind Blows and even like all of their games seem to have this kind of like, co- or I shouldn't say all, but many of their games have this kind of cohesiveness, like to where that if if they told me like, hey, all of my games take place in the same universe with these same handful of characters or or the same like species or something, you know, I, I would believe that. Nice. Um, which is really cool. You know, they, yeah. they just have such a unique and, and again, going to their itch.io page. They're not all games, but they have 50 projects. Like some of them are like digital zines and just all kinds wow. of crazy. Like if you're into cool pixel art or cool, just digital stuff or indie games, if you're into any of those things, like I really, really re- uh, recommend checking out some stuff from Cultisti. And like I said, I've got a couple more games of theirs to uh, mention later, but uh I probably can stop gushing about those games, but man, you guys really got to try some of these cultisti games. I'll, no I'll maybe curate a little, uh, you know, best of because there's still so many more I got to check out. But That's again, awesome. I'll I'll get back to that in a little bit. But uh, but Randall, I know that you and I have been taking a little time to uh, dig into some retro games that we oh, have yeah. uh, kind of never. I shouldn't say never had the chance to play, but never taken the well, time to play. <laughs> kind uh, of, and sort of, yeah, sort of never way. had the chance. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways, because um, some of these have been out of our range. Yes, uh, out of our price range. That Ye- is big time. Yeah, and uh, after you know, we talked about Fire and Ice on the podcast yep. recently, which was an NES game that was a super rare. You know hard to find cartridge at least if you're into that you know nes collecting kind of thing which i am um, that just got added yeah of course yeah and uh that's probably the only reason we were aware of that game is because we knew it was like hey it's super rare and oh it's, yeah you know yeah um and so it turns that out added. it's an excellent game too go back to oh that it's amazing Fire nice is awesome yeah it's so fun yeah, yeah. And i think that was kind of what sparked this is like yes. man that was a game that we kind of just assumed oh we're never going to get to play fire and ice so right. um It'll be cool to just fantasize about how cool that game could be because it looks awesome. Yep. Um, and we finally got a chance to play that. And then I was kind of thinking, you know, I used uh, I had my emulator all hooked up to play Bobble and Micro Mages from uh, Morph Cat recently. Yep. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I why don't I fire up Little Samson? Because that is a game that uh, goes for, I think, over a thousand bucks. these yeah, days. So I, I looked that up before we started recording and as of right now price charting has it at between 14 and 1500 bucks loose Oof. like just the cartridge Oof, because i remember a point in time like when i was a little heavier into the collecting like it was yeah. probably in the 500 dollars range right. yes and like i 
because I remember I there was a point where I was like, maybe I'll get the Famicom cartridge because I have a top loader. Yeah. And uh, I was like, it'll work. It'll play the Famicom cartridge. I was like, maybe I'll get the Famicom cartridge because mm-hmm. it's only like 250, yep. you know, and it's still that that's insane. You know, Yeah, that was still a shit ton of money at that time for a retro yeah. game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the fact that it's like tripled in value yep. uh, since then is just like it's insane. Yep. Um, but it was, you know, I think I did fire this one up like a really long time ago when I first discovered emulators you know and i just kind of like fired up a bunch of different games you know just checked it out for a quick second just to say like oh yeah i've I've checked out little samson but i finally took some time to uh play some more of this and i know you did it as well randall so why don't i let you take the lead on this one since i've been uh gushing about cultisti for a minute here yeah no problem so yeah little samson uh is made in 92 uh developed by takaru and published by taito uh, and it's kind of a through line, the whole 1992 thing I was noticing, because Fire and Ice was also 92. And yeah. the, the game we're going to talk about next is also 92. It's That's it's that right. Kind of that late, is right. Late NES releases. Uh, yeah, because be what was it like? Expensive. 92, 93 was kind of the end of the NES era. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. Off the top of my head. I, yeah. Kirby's Adventure might have been even a little bit later than that. But yeah, like that, that was the one I was thinking of. I, I want to say that one's 93, but yeah, it might yeah. be 94. But yeah, beyond that, it's kind of like, you know, that's that's kind of the end of the NES. Big time, considering Super Nintendo in America was 91 already. Right. So like <laughs> this is coming yeah. out in an already established 16 bit world, like both main 16-bit competitors were already out and establishing themselves by the time these games came out yeah Uh, and when you consider that super mario world was a launch title for super nintendo it's not like oh there was a learning curve for this system to get good it's like good games came out right off the bat immediately yeah yeah but i'm like i've said this before i'm a huge sucker for these games that come out at the end of console you know lifespans like just squeezing the most you can out of the existing hardware limitations and yeah like little samson does that to some degree um not as much as the next game we're going to talk about i don't know oh yeah big time (laughs) you can tell they cut some corners in little samson which i think we'll probably get into in this discussion i'm I'm guessing at least i will (laughs) but i'm kind of curious to see what you think about that um but there's yeah. still some pretty pretty cool ambitious things here. Like you have four separate characters you can play as, which is not a very common thing, uh, and and on an 8-bit system. Um, and each character, they, it's kind of cool the way this game starts. It kind of introduces you to those characters separately with their own levels. Yeah. That yeah, first level like select a- screen is really cool too, because not only can you see you know whatever character you want to play as first and whatever level you want out of the four kind of a la Mega Man style. Um, but it does that little like level preview on the side. I didn't quite realize yeah. that was it was that that's what that was at first. But I'm like, oh man, that's super cool. Like I had not seen that before. Oh, that's it. You're talking about like that kind of rectangle yes. of like the. So that's yeah, that is right. It is kind of like the actual like scroll of the level kind. It of. is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that's sweet. Like I didn't actually notice that the first time, and I'm like, but I was playing back through again. I'm like, oh, that's what that is. Yeah, wow. and on top of that, you have like the character like rotating around oh, yeah. like 360 degrees. Yeah. Where like it does, it does have some like some depth to it. It, it, it does. does look three dimensional the way it spins, and even that's kind of the way Samson jumps is like this spin jump, and it yes. just it just looks really cool. It does. They did a good job with those the sprite art in this game. Yeah, uh, yeah, really, really nice looking that way. And then the kind of a cool little uh, extra thing with the soundtrack, where like each character has their own theme essentially. Yeah, 
So, which you, you wouldn't necessarily know from playing those first four levels because you only can play as those characters so that, like, to you, that's the soundtrack of that level. Um, right. But once you get past those first four levels, then the game opens up even more into this world map area where then you can select among those four characters uh, by hitting the pause menu and just selecting a, a different one. But they have different attributes where Samson's kind of your regular character with a general projectile and, you know, normal life bar. Um, you've got a yeah, mouse. very like run and gun Mega Man style. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, which is yeah, it's it's very 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 similar to Mega Man, uh, in in some ways, especially if you're just playing with the Samson character, the the main yeah. character. Yeah, although a little more mobile with the ability to like wall climb and, yes. and climb on ceilings, which I'm sure you were just gonna say, but <laughs> yes, uh, but yeah, the mouse in particular uh, is yeah. extremely agile and mobile um, to just. Uh, crawl on ceilings and any area that's that's not like pointy essentially <laughs> is something that the mouse can get on and that comes in handy uh, pretty quickly once you get into those more uh, difficult world map levels uh, the the but the mouse only has like two hit points as compared to the rest of the characters that have quite a bit more um, there's a couple other characters too there's kind of like a, a, a golem type of character that's got a lot of hit points and he hits pretty hard but he's very slow and you know he's got Can't jump quite as high. No, yeah, yeah. he's he's he doesn't have a lot of agility that way. Uh, but comes yeah, in but handy. But he can on those walk bosses. on spikes and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. Yes, and then the dragon can do a, a little hover fly thing, which is very convenient because there's a, a lot of you know platforming sections in this. This is essentially uh, an NES you know horizontal platform for the most part. Um, yeah, a little bit of verticality yes. with the climbing stuff, but not too much. Yeah, you're scrolling left to right for the most part. Yep. Um, but is this game gets tough, man. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. My goodness. Like, I think I made it to the fourth level on the world map. Like, got, pla- yeah. got past those intro levels where they're just introducing the characters to you, essentially. Yeah. And then, like, uh, if fourth level and just barely, like, I thought I was going to have to be done on the third level where it's got those, like, disappearing and reappearing platforms. Uh, like, that was tough enough. Oh, yeah, because those are, at first, at, at first I was like, this is fucking impossible. But then I realized <laughs> that, like, though, even when they disappear, they're still there, yes. the platforms. So I was like, because I was like, the enemies are staying there. Yes. So I was like, oh, they're okay. They're signaling that. But at first I thought it was like, you know, those Mega Man blocks that pop up and do like the. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was expecting that kind of platforming. So I was like, yep. oh my God. And and you're not only platforming, but you're doing like wall grabs and yep. climbing up the side of things, getting to the top. And and Samson can also wall uh, or hang from the ceilings and stuff as well. Oh, um, so yeah. There's there's like you're doing a lot of juggling around. And the interesting thing is like each character, like you mentioned, Randall, has its own health bar. Yes. And like along the way, you actually pick up like RPG style, like you get like little health, like heart container upgrades, you know. Right. Um, that like buff your characters. They do seem to all have like a max. Like you can only pick up like two or three of those maybe with each character. Mm-hmm. And then so, again, like the mouse still has the least amount of health overall once you have everybody upgraded. Right. Um, but I just thought that was kind of interesting because I did actually at one point I used like a save state uh, to pick up where I left off. And I like took a screenshot and I, I'm like misused it on accident. And I like overwrote the save state. Oh, no. And I, so I was like, oh, well, I'll just punch in the password. But it like yep. I started it with none of those health upgrades yep. that I picked up. Yep. And I was like, oh, no. And I was like, you know what? I think I'd rather replay that level I just beat 
and still be buffed up. But they do like they spread those out throughout the game. But it is a little bit of a bummer that like you pick them up later and they don't give you like health instead. If you know, if you're already full on your heart containers or whatever, your health containers. Yeah, like it it would be nice if they powered you up, but you can pick up potions to refill your character's health. And um, the interesting thing, too, is like if any character dies other than little Samson, um, they will not be playable until you get like a game over again or until you get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Samson dies, it seems like you don't, lo- you don't lose him as a playable character. So yeah, the boss battles were pretty fun too. I had a yeah, good time with those. They're really fun. Yeah. Really fun, really challenging. Um, and kind of <laughs> unique. Did you play, I, I just defaulted to the easy mode cause that was the default. Did you play on a normal or easy? I played on normal and I got to say, I, I got pretty far. Nice. I think like, I don't know. Cause that world map, I don't know if it was doing the same thing for you, but I feel like I was just kind of bouncing all yes. over the place. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Like, cause at first it looks like there's like, I don't know, six skulls kind of on the map and yeah. you kind of start like on one of them or very close to it. So I was like, Oh, that must be these six levels. And then I kind of like, cause it does seem like there's at times like different exits to levels, sort of, you know, super Mario world style. Yeah. Like it, like there's clearly like a, a high path and a low path. And I don't know if that was making like a difference between which one I picked or if it was just like, oh, here's the way you can go. If you, you know, if you've already died with the dragon, you know, if you can't fly and you can't wall climb anymore. Right. You know, I, I just didn't know if they were maybe designing it around that or if it was just changing. But I was just popping all over the map. But I feel like I got to like some boss battles that felt pretty climactic. I, I wouldn't say I'm at like the end. But okay. I feel like I'm getting to like the ramp up to the end. I'm like very close to like the top of the map where like those top like couple skulls are at. So, jeez. Um, yeah, I've really been enjoying it. The thing that I was, you know, you mentioned, I, I really like how each character has its own theme song. But that was kind of one of the things I was thinking of where I was like, maybe they had to cut some corners where like they were pushing it so much visually. Yeah. That they had to like limit the amount of music in the game, maybe. Um, yeah, you know, it would have been nice just like, to have more, th- more songs. Yeah. That yeah way. Like I wish if, it wasn't attached to the characters necessarily. I, I kind of, yeah. yeah. Like it, it is cool, but it's like a bummer, especially like if you're already playing, let's say you pause the game as, and you're playing as Samson and like you, you don't actually switch the character, but you just unpause it. Yeah. It actually restarts the song when you mm. unpause it. It's just like little tiny things that are just like a tad janky like that would again if like each level had its own theme song and like th- that would put this game on like the all-time classic nes status yeah I think. it's it's good and i'd say it's like pretty darn close to yeah. that like yeah it's definitely like worth checking out again oh, yeah. not maybe not worth fifteen hundred dollars <laughs> but depending on i don't know how you know i don't know your lifestyle but it's not worth fifteen hundred bucks for me yeah um, no i yeah I, I agree yeah i've got plenty yeah. of other games i i can't quite spare that on this but i'm glad i got to experience it i would say yeah that. i i feel exactly the same yeah kind of like i'm glad i checked it out i do kind of feel compelled to potentially try to beat it Ooh, um, nice but i you know i don't always feel that way with games but like I, I just got so far on that one run i can't remember if i was streaming it or or if i was just playing for fun but like i, I definitely chipped away further than i expected to it's and good I just kind of kept going yeah it plays well yeah it holds up definitely it does up. yeah it's because it's one of those late games yeah and yeah, speaking of another late game, mm-hmm. I think we can probably just go into the next one that we were going to talk about, Randall. Let's do it. And this is one that uh, 
I think there's been some like reproduction carts out there of this one because I yeah. want to say Randall that you had picked one up. I did years and years ago. Yep. Um, and it was a game that came out I think only in Japan and Scandinavia, if I'm not mistaken. I did yep. a little research myself on this one. Yep. Um, but uh, and and I think almost like a year later in Scandinavia, it was like '93. I think yep. when it came out, they were like the only people that uh, decided to pick it up or import it. Uh, but the game's called Gimmick, or yes. I think then in Scandinavia it was called Mr. Gimmick. Yes. Um, but yeah, this was a game I want to say from Sunsoft. Yes. And it's uh, I, and Sunsoft is a very like unsung hero oh of the NES, God. I Sunsoft feel. Sunsoft is incredible on, yeah. on the NES. They just they knew exactly how to make that thing sing. They were like a top-tier developer on the NES. They, they're on the Capcom, Konami, yes. Nintendo level. Like Definitely. Maybe they don't have as deep of a catalog. Oh, but man. I, they they honestly probably do. Between like Blaster Master, like, that's the only one that comes to mind off the top of my head, but I know they have a ton more. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they just have like... Journey been to a solid developer. Gremlins 2. That's right. Batman. Journey to Silius. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a super solid developer. So, yeah, yep. that was another one that, like, you, I think because your cartridge didn't work on your NES yep. or whatever you had at the time, you gave the cartridge to me because I had the top loader. It didn't work on the top loader for me. Like, I could get the game to boot, but it would never quite work properly. Yep. So I finally, you know, since we booted up Little Samson, I was like, you know what? Why don't why don't I give Gimmick a try, too? Because I always wanted to play this game. Um, and it, you know, it's got this really bright, like, they really pushed, like, you know, maybe even beyond Kirby's Adventure Yes. Yeah. I mean, they really push. Yeah the nes cartridge to as far as like the soundtrack like yeah just everything going on even like you know it's it's a really interesting and and more more than anything the physics i would yes. say um and the i know we talked about insane. you know back to some of that uh homebrew stuff like the physics in a uh, bobble from morph yes. cat like with the water physics like yep this has kind of a similar feel to that although again you're platforming on land but like there's a lot of slopes to the levels Big and like time. your character really kind of bounds off those slopes and picks up momentum oh yeah gimmick's um, got crazy momentum <laughs> it's cr- it's crazy like you you do have to kind of memorize some of the levels yes. i will say like they are very much like oh if you don't know that that you know brick is gonna drop on top of your head as soon as you <laughs> slide down that slope like you, you got no chance on the first try but thankfully yep. after you beat a level it seems like that's kind of a save point like yep. you keep that's a you know if you continue and get a game over you just pick up from the beginning of the level you were on and i think you need um, to know that that's a conceit going in on a lot of these you know especially 8-bit retro games is like as you kind of learn and kind of quasi memorize these games they become more fun <laughs> to be honest yeah for sure and and even more so with gimmick i say yeah. i would say than little samson yeah like you you do yeah. have to kind of memorize the levels but at the same time it that is fun especially because the like it's not it's not like a situation where like you know I think we've mentioned on the podcast before like DJ beating Silver Surfer on the yeah. NES like <laughs> right. that is just like pure memorization yeah. no like we're gimmick because of the physics and because of like that there's a lot of reaction still like you're still like you you still feel engaged you're not just totally like I need to memorize this and input the button presses at the exact same oh, no. time no it's yeah. very much you're reacting because the enemies react to you they really yes. kind of swarm you at times and the main gimmick of this game i feel so cheesy i said <laughs> that when i was doing the video too but the main gimmick of this game is like not only can you pick up you can kind of like charge this star above your head and then you don't actually throw it you throw it forward but you kind of bound it off of the ground yeah 
and it kind of like bounces. And then again, it uses those physics just like everything else, like bounces off of slopes and picks up speed. Yep. But you can also like ride on like if you get hit by enemies, they hurt you. But you like you don't jump on them to kill them. If you jump on them, you just kind of ride. them. Right. Right. Um, a lot which is Super really Mario brothers too. like it yeah. won't hurt you to be on top of them. Yeah, but you can't pick them up. You just right. still will like charge stars and you just kind of like bounce those off of the enemies to hurt them. Yep. Um, but a lot of times you don't even really need to buy. You just need to get by them. You know, you don't need you don't necessarily need to like take them all out. No, you get um, points. But yeah, uh, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's more about like the exploration and right. whatnot. And like, for example, like on the very first level, did you find that secret Randall on the very first level? I don't know that I did. Okay, so at the very first level, so one of the, again, you, with that star mechanic, yeah. where you can kind of bounce it off of the ground, Gimmick can actually ride on that star yeah. if you can do it properly. So, like, at the very end, like, on the very first stage, so, you know, minor spoiler, I guess, but not really. <laughs> but, uh, because this actually helps a ton, although, again, when you get a game over, you just start from the level you're on. So Which is so Once helpful. you progress... <laughs> so helpful for sure, especially with save states. Oh you don't have to like, leave the NES running for a week. <laughs> yeah. You play it every night um, and try to get past the levels. But yeah, being able to save, like I think I beat the, f- or no, I'm on the third level. I beat the first two. Um, yeah, we got but, yeah, to basically th- the same point then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I got, unless it was a mini boss, it felt like I got to the boss of the third stage, but I I died and I was like, yeah, that's a good place to call it. Um, <laughs> I don't even think I got it later. quite that far. Yeah. I got very lucky, and I think I even posted a clip of how lucky I got, because that was the end of the third level. Where nice. Like, again, like I think I mentioned riding, a gimmick can ride on top of this star, and the way it bounces is like, so for ex- on the very first level, yeah. at the very end of the screen, you kind of have to go down this like pipe. Yeah. But if you take the star, and if you bounce off of it in a certain way, and you're able to like... Or, or bank it in a certain way that you can jump really quickly, jump on the star, and there's like a little ledge that you can get up to. Yeah. And then from there, you can jump up, and the screen will like shift to a higher level. And like even the music changes when you get up oh, to this. Like man. it's clearly like, oh, I'm in Secret Land. Oh, man. And then you jump, and there's like some little precision platforming you got to do. Thankfully, if you miss it, you just fall back down to like the level below. You actually start backtracking to the left. Right. But there's like a little secret. Like I don't know what it is, some kind of plant, or I don't know, just some kind of collectible. But it gives you a shit ton of points, which actually enough points to give you two one ups. Oh, my gosh. So it's it's like a huge, like especially when you're first learning the game. Yeah, it's really a huge pickup to be like, okay, I can like take some chances on this first level and kind of like learn the ropes a little bit. That's huge. Um, again, it's it's not easy to do, but uh, I'll post a link to the video in the episode description here because like there is a way where like you can throw it down into that like tube area, yeah, and it, or that pipe, and it kind of pops back up, and you still uh, got to be really quick on the jump, but like it's it's a way I that saw seems kind. I saw that ledge and I did try to like use the star and you can, as gimmick, you can kind of change the trajectory of like the way you want the star to hit by like pressing down or up when you let go of it seemingly. Oh really? I didn't realize that. At least that felt that way to me. Um, It's definitely, it's so physics-y and reactive that like I totally understand if they, if it has that kind of control, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. But I couldn't quite like throw the star because you have to build it up by holding down that B button and then yeah. throw the star and then manage to jump on it before it runs away because the star is fast. 
Yeah, and, and like, it has a timer as well. Like yeah, a couple. You know, it's decently long, but probably like two, three seconds, yeah. and then it you know evaporates, and then you got to charge it up again. I just couldn't yeah, quite you, get a handle on like jumping on top of it more than just doing it randomly. And but I'm like, uh, I wonder if there was something on that ledge. And yeah, obviously there is. So that's that's and, awesome. And they do a really great job, I think, of like telegraphing that kind of stuff. Yes. Although like. I did have, I think, again, I, I think I already mentioned the clip I posted, but I got super lucky. I was, like, <laughs> chucking these stars at these enemies, and I was, like, getting this perfect bank shot off of this little ledge. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sniping these enemies. And then I tried to, like, do this jump. Like, I, I don't remember. I think I was just trying to, like, get a different angle to hit the other enemy. And it, like, again, like, the star, because of the way it banked, I was, like, I jumped up into this little, like, where I was just, like, in in between, like, two tiles of walls, essentially. Like, yeah. in, in a one-tile gap. And, like, the star bounced off those really quickly, and I ended up just, like, riding it, like, through half of the level and bouncing over a bunch of enemies and, like, ended up getting all the way to the boss. And then it was just like, oh, my God, I I don't even know what's going on. (laughs) But, like, I feel like there's little tricks in every level for speed running or or whatever they put it in there for. There's, like, little secrets, little goodies. I think there's great level design in this game. Like, uh, the level design's excellent. And very unique again yes. with the, like using those physics and and whatnot like lots you know, of you variation. See a little, yeah, you see a little bit of physics on the NES with stuff like you know Marble Madness right. or some of those like kind of isometric games. You get a little bit of that feel, but like very rarely, or, or I would even wager to say almost never. I mean, I guess yeah. you know in Mario Three you can like you know press down on a slope and like slide down it. And that, even that feels really that's, awesome. But this is this is yeah. on a whole nother level. Yeah, this that's is like, like rudimentary compared to what this thing's doing. Like, yeah, the feel of it is crazy. And and we're talking like the, the ledges and the things you're jumping. Like there's one part in like the second or third level. It might even be in the first level, actually, where you're like you have to like slide down this slope. And then I you might be able to jump far enough where you can clear the whole gap. Yeah. But the way that I cleared it, there's like this this kind of taller column or pillar in the middle. Yeah. And the way I would clear that is like I would just like glance off of that. But it's like a rounded top pillar. So like it, you really feel that momentum. Like if you jump a little too late, you kind of just slide off it and fall into the I can't remember if it was water or spikes or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, it's going to kill you. Exactly. Exactly. But it's like really reactive. Like, I, oh, man, I just really like how again, I, I wish there was maybe a little less memorization. Yeah. But <laughs> as much as, you know, thanks to save states and whatnot and the, and the convenient just way the saving in the game works. Yeah. I think it's not too frustrating to, it's not. to beat your head against, especially if you're enjoying the aesthetic of the game as much as I think both of us are. Yeah, and I didn't even have the the benefit of save states, but you know, just being able to restart a level, not have to start from the beginning of the game when I lose all my right. lives was enough right. to be like, okay, I'm going to keep trying. Like that's yeah, because that was you good. always feel like you get a little further than you yeah. did the last time, you know, totally. like or, or even if you didn't make it further, you're like, oh, I just. I just needed to tap jump a little less hard than I did that time. And the game's just like so beautiful to be in. The visuals are great. The soundtrack is just incredible. Like the soundtrack is just jamming. I I love it. Nonstop. Like the boss tunes are amazing. And I'm not even usually the biggest boss tune fan. Like those are usually kind of my least favorite songs in games. I kind of like the more vibey stuff or whatever. But man, it's just nonstop greatness i i really love this game disappointed um, this never got a u.s release because yeah, yeah who knows it's, it's really a shame and it's totally understandable being you know the 92 yeah. 93 release but right at the same time i think i i would have been blown away although at the same time if i would have played this as a kid 
<laughs> There's no chance You're like, this that I could have beat hard. any of these levels. Yeah, yeah. this is way it's, too it's, hard. Yeah, there's no way little me could have uh, done anything with this game. Yep. But uh, but anything more to add on this uh, NES stuff or like anything else you're itching to play, Randall? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing. Nothing comes to mind off the top of my head. Those are kind of two of the those are the, the white big, whales I've had in my mind. Yep. Yeah. Those are the big two that like stuck in my head that I always wanted an opportunity to play someday and thought that I'd be you know, able to get the cartridges before they just went crazy expensive. Like gimmick is, is reasonable by comparison. I looked that up too. It's yeah. 400 on Famicom and about 750 for that pal Scandinavian version. <laughs> yeah. But even still, it's like, man, that's, yeah, that's a pretty penny. A and, and again, being that we had the reproduction cart with, the, I, I don't think you paid too much for no, that. I, again, I don't no. want to speak for you, but it, I don't think it was like, oh man, I got screwed, but no, it, it definitely, are, those can be a little finicky for sure, especially yep. if you're playing on, you know, depending on what hardware you're playing on. So, yep. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, well, I've certainly been talking for long enough. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> why don't we toss the ball over to uh, John, who's been uh, getting back into some From Software action. Nice. I'm going to play every single From Software game, and I am going all the way back to through all the armored cores. And all yes, the, and Dude, cookies and cream for the Armored PS2. Core? Yeah. What? No, wait. They made cookies and cream. They made cookies and cream. Dude, that is one of my favorite. Uh, uh, the just little sidestep, I guess. That yeah. is one of my favorite gaming experiences. I played with my friend Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, on I remember the PS2. you talking incessantly about cookies and cream back Dude, in the Best Buy days. I have gotten rid of, I still have my PS2 and I've gotten rid of pretty much every, cause I bought, I rebought a lot of the remasters on PS3 or PS4. Like I, I don't, I've gotten rid of most of my PS2 collection. I think I have only three games left in it and the adventures of cookie and cream is one of them because it is a pure co-op game where the screen's kind of split in half and one character controls cookie one character controls cream and you basically just scream at your friend the whole time. You can also play it single player where you're like controlling both characters at once uh, or at once with uh, one analog stick each, essentially oh, kind of like brothers or uh, some of those other games that utilize that mechanic. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, oh man, I, I had no idea that there's that's from software alum. Dude, from Ugh. from software apparently has done so much i was looking it up and uh, i just kept going like good lord i can't believe that they made that game but i'm i'm taking a dive after we yeah it's it's (laughs) but i am playing dark souls 3 in my quest to play every souls like game by uh from software and i haven't beaten dark souls 2 but i decided that i was just gonna i was i was going to like dark souls 2 is a game that i'm going to like play endlessly like it's it's i think it's going to be my favorite dark souls game by the end of all of this but uh, currently i I, as i was as i was texting dj i was like no i'm i'm gonna eat some veggies before i i'm gonna save my dessert uh in terms of playing dark souls 3 and and this is kind of considered to be like the weakest of the bunch right Two is two is I think generally considered to be the oh, worst. Oh, that's right. That's yeah, right. yeah. That's um, right. which is par for the course of me liking the, out like, <laughs> uh, odd one out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I started three, and three was, I guess, kind of like as a a side note, like 
back when these games first came out, like I remember listening to podcasts and like reading stuff and everything was talking about these souls games and how influential they were and like how great they were. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a PlayStation. I didn't have anything to play them on. So like I was, I've only owned Nintendo like current systems. So like it was just like kind of a whole like, area that i was vaguely aware of but like really shut myself off uh in terms of actually knowing what anything that people were talking about and that was the nintendo way n64 and and gamecube (laughs) trained Mm -hmm. you well in that regard yeah Yeah, and and there is a thing where you just like you just say like hey like for the longest time i never had an xbox so not that they have a ton of exclusives that are up my alley like gears and halo and stuff i'm not a big shooter player or whatever but like it was just like I just kind of didn't pay attention to Xbox stuff because I was like, I don't I don't have one and I don't want to like m- be mad that I'm missing out on games I want to play. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But as I'm playing through all the Dark Souls games, I'm finding myself 10 years later being like, this is a really interesting thing that I want to talk about, like endlessly. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I also don't want to be the guy who like came to these games a decade later and was like, Hey, did you guys know that Dark Souls is really good? <laughs> hey, man, sometimes people need a reminder, a little refresher. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the thing that I'm actually really enjoying is how distinctly different Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 really are. And I think, mm. like, I've been able to really hone in on those differences because I'm playing them immediately after each other with no context. Pri- like, this is my first time playing through all of these games. But, like, I'm also playing through all of them basically one after the other. So, like, that's not the, you know, playing one game and then, like, having the next one come out a couple years later and then years after that. So you have time to, like, marinate or maybe you've played these games, like, multiple times through and you have all the different playthroughs. But, man... Yeah, like, or it just feels like the natural evolution of things if you're just kind of going along as they come out, I guess. But right. if you're playing them back to back, the differences are probably a little more stark. Yeah, but like even then, like it's not like I, I don't know, like it, they they definitely feel kind of more. I don't know. Like I was going to say, like kind of in like a Zelda progression where like you know you're seeing a lot of the same touchstones, but like the maybe the approach is a little bit different. Because, like, in 3, like, they've uh, added in focus points as a bar, which kind of turns into, like, a mana instead of just having a health and a stamina bar. So, like, before you would have, like... uh, So, uh, the other thing is that I play basically the same build every single game so far, uh, which is a pyromancer. (laughs) Um, So, it's... And the game is built specifically about, like... Or, like, for the Pyromancer build, like, it starts you with an axe, and, you like, in this game, it starts you with uh, the... Oh, actually, you know what? I don't think I started Pyromancer for two. Maybe that's why I didn't start with a Pyromancy Flame. Oh, hmm. That just completely gets rid of the point. I was <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but the, the, the point I was trying to make was that, like, right from the get-go, I was able to play exactly as I wanted to in three where nice. I was able to, like, that famously starts you off with, like, a boss battle basically right af- in the end of the very first area 
like <laughs> where course. like it gives you the yeah. it's like here are what all the buttons do in the game here's a giant boss <laughs> and <laughs> like it was the first time i think i had like started as a pyromancer and like had like all of my tools like readily available from the beginning being like oh yeah i can fight this boss exactly how i would play any other time or any other game and right. like Whereas, like, in Dark Souls 2, like, I had to wait for, like, maybe four bosses before I was able to even access Pyromancy. And, like, that was same in, like, one where you couldn't really get spells or, like, until a certain point in the game. Whereas 3 was, like, right right off the bat. Like, here's what you want to do. You can do it. And I really appreciated that. I thought that was really good for me personally, at least. But... Smart to know, because I'm sure a lot of players, too, had played through the other Dark Souls games, so they kind of figured that was their audience by that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, like, yeah, the focus points, like, adding in just that, like, extra layer where there's, like, oh, now, like, all spells use up focus points instead of your stamina, which could recharge over time. So, like, now you have a finite amount and then in your estus flask which would regenerate your hp if you use them you now have a an estus flask which will regenerate your fp as well and you can Mm. as you get more of those you can allocate them between like every time you get another estus flask you can and this is not locked in like yeah at any given point like you can go back to the main area like beginning like firelink shrine area and allocate them between an Estus Flask that will restore your HP or your FP, and you can change that at any time. So, like, okay, if okay. you're wanting to I do like, that. I always love, like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I always, I was gonna say, I always like when RPGs like let you kind of reallocate, you know, points or whatever. You know, they just let you kind of recustomize. You don't have to fully commit to your choices. Yeah, and like, uh, the but the main issue that like for me at least is that. Two kind of offered like the layout of the game where after you beat enemies a certain amount of times, they wouldn't respawn. So you would eventually, like if you were stuck in an area, you could just keep playing it until like you clear out and then like all the enemies and you can move farther, even if like say you aren't necessarily getting better at the game, where like that would kind of be what one forced you to do where you had to learn, oh, yeah. memorize every single enemy placement, every single enemy attack. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, like, that was a thing mm-hmm. that I really liked in two, because as someone who would get stuck in one, like, a lot, like, I, it was a much easier game to progress through and not feel like I was, one, not having fun, and two, like, not, right. like, just getting <laughs> stuck running my head against a wall. So, like... Right. Going back to the one formula in three has not been super enjoyable in that respect. (laughs) And like another like super specific nit is just the fact that like uh, every time that you beat a main boss in the game, they the boss arena becomes a bonfire and they space the bonfires out so that they're useful. And that means that there is a lot of distance between 
a, the oh, bonfire no. before a boss and the boss. Oh, no. So, no, so no, like there's no. not a there's not a pre bonfire no. No. before the boss. No, yeah, oh. that's come on, that's standard operating procedure. And it's not in the Souls uh, game. Not, yeah, not in Dark Souls. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's that's my so far have been my least favorite thing about the game so far is that like each time like yeah. I'm like cool I have to just like kill these twenty enemies and like or memorize their patterns and like do that every single time I want to rechallenge this boss and if I get to the boss fight yeah. and I've taken some damage. Do I just want to go back to the bonfire and start over again so that I can get there right. with no hits? And it's like, and the bonfire resets all the enemies. It right? sure does. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know, like it. Just feels. It doesn't feel like I'm necessarily getting better at the game, and like it just feels like it's kind of wasting my time in that respect. <laughs> yeah, you're going silver surfer status. You're just memorizing yep, and, yeah. and plowing, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and a thing that I kind of noticed in uh, 3 that kind of sets it apart from 1, because it's not just like, oh, here are all the enemies in every area. Like, in 3, they kind of added patrols. So, like, enemies will move around, like, rather than just, like, stay camped in an area until you aggro them. So like kind of right. trigger them. Yeah. So there is it is a lot easier to just run past enemies and like just not have them notice you or just not like trigger their aggro at all. And like, well, that's kind of nice. It's kind of nice. But at the same time, I'm like, well, what's the why do I need to like, why do they need to be there <laughs> at that point? <laughs> like, yeah, if like the whole process is just me like sprinting past every enemy to get to the <laughs> boss, like, <laughs> I, yeah, like I, it's nice to not to play the game while you're playing the game. That's real good. Yeah, like, yeah. But, but like, <laughs> arguably, that's what two did. Like, you you cleared yeah. out all the enemies, yeah. so there's no game to be played up to that point. So like. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I'm still only like 17 hours in to the game. So like, <laughs> I know, I know. That's like three times more than I spent on any game. But I know. But uh, this is from someone who spent <laughs> over 100 hours in one and two. So like, I'm. Oh, damn. I didn't know you put that much time into those already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've. I've put so much time in these damn games. John, you're pulling me over to the gospel of Dark Souls 2. I, I think I, I was need just to play gonna that say, next. I was just going to say, Randall, you and I need to, I yeah. think, dabble. Like, I, I've, I've yeah. just dipped my toe in the water of the From Software games, but not really I didn't enough like to have a real the opinion. first one, but then I got sad and stopped. But I, yep. I do have a lot of interest in two. And, you know, to, until this conversation, I had a lot of interest, probably the most of the Dark Souls games in three, because it just it's at least to me from the bit I've seen, it just seems the most like kind of colorful, like the world looks the most compelling to me. Um, but some of the things you're saying, I'm definitely thinking, yeah, two seems more up my alley, though. Again, I think I've said, like, I think Sekiro and the kind of branch offs from the Dark Souls games are probably more me than any of them. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to playing uh, Bloodborne next after Dark Souls Three. But I'm definitely going to give Dark Souls Three its fair shot because I think, you know, maybe it was at this point in my Dark Souls Two playthrough that I was like, this game sucks. I hate this. And then like after I put it in another <laughs> ten hours, I was like, this is the greatest game. I love this. This is one of my favorite 
the games. Yeah. So I'm I'm still yeah, holding out to happen that you know maybe there's going to be something that clicks with me that I because again yeah I, I've just I don't know maybe it's because I'm a very anal person when it comes to like min maxing in certain ways but I'm like all right. I know exactly what the build is that I want to have, and I just need to make it through like four more areas before I unlock the mechanic to smith the exact axe that will let me do that. Uh, right. I have my own issues. Like, that's a me problem. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. That's good. We'll definitely have to um, have you and DJ bounce off some of this stuff uh, in the future next time we get him on the podcast. Because, yeah, I, th- I think some of the From Software stuff, not to mention that you and I, like it, like we said, Randall, we got to dig into some of these games oh, <laughs> eventually. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I know I uh, already gushed a little bit at the top of the episode here about a couple cultisti games, but I had a couple more. I just wanted to mention really, really quick because yeah. another one actually just came out even after Lonely People Potion Shop, which just came out like three weeks ago or maybe a little bit you know, before that by the nice. time this episode comes out. But they put out a game. I actually don't know what to call it because it's another little like symbol. Um, but I got permission during the stream. Like I said, Kiltisti was hanging out in there and I, nice. I said I, I called it double rectangle. <laughs> and they said that's good enough for them. So, uh, um, yeah, it's basically like this little puzzle platformer that takes place. And they made this over the course of 72 hours. And it's got like even these little story cut scenes. There's three levels of like four scenes each, like four single screen levels each. So okay. essentially like three worlds, you know, with four little mini single screen levels. Yeah. And you're trying to collect a one of four puzzle pieces on each level. And each level almost takes place on like an etch-a-sketch, it almost looks like, or like a, a little like frame. And there's a vertical line in the, you know, it starts in the middle. And you essentially control this little platforming character and there will be two different color tiles on the screen. And at first, well, at first there's just one and you're just platforming, getting to the exit. Um, but eventually you're able to freeze time uh, once you jump or, well, a lot of times you have to do it after you jump and freeze time and then move where that line is at. Okay. Which will, once with one of the colors, if the line is to the left of them, like for the green, let's say, I don't know if I have this right off the top of my head, but like for the green, let's say if the line is to the left then those little tile platforms will be there for you to jump on. And for the red tiles, if the uh, line is to the right of them, they'll be there. So you kind of have to shift that line on the fly to, you know, make sure that you can jump. So I'm, I'm above an invisible platform, but if I freeze time and shift the line, I'll be able to like make that platform appear beneath me before I unfreeze time essentially. Yeah. Um, But eventually by the time you get to like the third world, that line will also like actually flip gravity. <laughs> so oh gosh. you're actually like having to like not only switch which tiles appear for you to jump and platform on, but you have to manage gravity at the same time. Um, so just really cool. Again, it only took, you know, 10 or 15 minutes to play through. Again, it was whipped up over the course of 72 hours. And I, I, I shouldn't say whipped up because it's like crafted with so much love. It's got these little story beats in between. Yeah. Um, and just really, really cool. And then another game that I just wanted to mention really quick is just called OOO, three capital O's. And this <laughs> is actually the one of the main reasons I wanted to mention this because it's really similar to the game that my buddy Glenn and I were working on. Oh, okay. Um, e minus. It's like, you know, it's got these three three concentric circles. And I think I mentioned that, you know, Glenn and I, we started working on a game during the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, But essentially 
the difference here is like you have only three concentric circles and you have a character that uh, you control like a little triangle arrow that is stuck to those three concentric circles and you can jump between them. And then the enemies, it's kind of like a space invaders sort of style, shoot them up. But the enemies might be spawning from like the center of those circles or they might be spawning from the outside and kind of orbiting them. Mm -hmm. Or they might even spawn like on one of the three rings and you have to jump between them to kind of dodge them and blow them away. And it's just a simple boat. It's just a simple kind of high score arcade, you know, just like uh, don't eat my mind, you stupid monsters. Like just, you're just going for a high score. Every enemy you kill is worth a point or two. Uh, There might be, you know, as you get further along, there might be, you know, different enemies that are worth more points. Cause there are like little boss battles. There's a few different power ups. And then when you're jumping between rings, like, so the difference in the game that Glenn and I were working on, you could jump inwards or outwards with two different buttons. Okay. This game actually has you just jumping like, so if I'm on the outermost ring, I'm going to jump inwards next. And then I jump to the innermost ring. Then the next time I jump, I'm going to flip directions. So you're actually like, when you get to the end of the line, you're flipping around and then jumping back in the opposite direction. So you're kind of having to utilize that not only to dodge enemies, but to, you know, manage which direction you're firing in. Right. Uh, Not only, you know, not to mention like going around either clockwise or counterclockwise to sync up with enemies, but it's just got a really awesome visual style, like these just chunky pixels that are like really vibrant. The palettes just kind of switch up on the fly. I don't know if it's like because I got crazy combos or... You know, just because I, I didn't get that high of a score, so probably not. I think it's just kind of like randomly, it just switches up the the style and some really great music from Sulo. Uh, they partnered up with on this one for the game jam. Nice, but just again, I think I mentioned Kiltisti's got like fifty entries on their <laughs> Itchio page, yeah, uh, developer page. So I'll definitely put a link in the episode description here to where you can check out their stuff, but. I think I've done enough gushing for today. I know I said I was going to keep that short and I just kept I could just keep going and gushing about their games. But maybe we'll sync (laughs) up on some more of their games in the future. Yeah, I just I can't recommend them enough. They're so unique and so distinct. Like on that Matt Ugg Super Try. Yeah. Like Daniel Linson level, you know, and they're not even platformers. You know, they're really every game is really distinct and unique. Although Double Rectangle is a nice little platformer. So. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap things up there this week, guys. And uh, as always, you can find us on the internet pretty much everywhere through our Linktree page uh, slash Pursuing Pixels. But otherwise, we're at PursuingPixels.com for all the podcast stuff. We're on Twitch, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Again, you can find all that on Linktree. But uh, until next week, uh, we'll catch you then and take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Wait, real quick. Don't stop yet, John, if you didn't. Okay. Can we do one more clap real quick? Yes. Just at the end, just to, just in case there's some weird fluctuation or something. Let's yep. do it. Cool. Here we go. One, two, three. Perfect. Ooh, that was almost immediate. I, and then, John, you ready? Yeah, I did my clap at the I, same I time. I heard you on that one, but <laughs> we'll, do it. we'll do another one for this one. <laughs> one, two, three. Oof. Got it? Yep. The other one <laughs> felt quicker, but we're good. Dude, so I would do claps on both ends, baby. Yep. My audio. No, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs>